and I'm Maureen Smith, and I just realized that I'm going to 50% chance mispronounce Mar's last name. Mar, is it Curran or Curran? Curran. Curran! So you still got it. You put out two options, so you still got it correct. I did. We are joined by the incomparable Mar Curran. How are you today? I'm great. Got my morning beans, so I'm ready. Mm -hmm. Okay, so <laughs> yeah. this is a thing that we want to talk about because I also had morning beans. <laughs> and we're both Irish as fuck, so let's talk. Mm -hmm. yeah. I definitely feel like my ancestors are like, this is the closest you're ever going to get to living how we lived. So they put the need for beans directly into my body during quarantine. Well, I, so... <laughs> I <laughs> that's funny. I so like um the thing, the reason I mentioned it too or or I'm so curious about it is because as a person with like Italian heritage like I always love pasta and I eat it and like it just goes through my body so well, you know what I mean? Like I just feel like every I think everybody has a carb, you know? That is like this is my this is my nutritional and I, and I like this is I don't I don't actually think this is how nutrition works, but this is like Daniel science, <laughs> which is what like Maureen calls it when I think I know what I'm talking about about something, but I have no fucking clue how it works. But I, I Daniel think, science is when Daniel makes something up to to justify how much pasta he eats. I <laughs> I do that with medicine since my mom's a nurse. It makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and so like I just like sometimes I eat a bowl of pasta, man, and I tell you like. My system's just so hot, my digestive system. Basically, like, the only thing I really understand about my own digestive system is, like, you know, that old morning constitutional. If it's, clean, mm -hmm. if it's, if it's a good, you know, then you're like, I'm doing something, I'm eating something right. Yeah. No, for me, um, I, I do best with, like, potatoes and beans. Ugh, the dream combo. All of this weird preface was to ask, like, which is better, beans or potatoes? Like, which, which is the, like... Oh, shit. Don't make me choose between my children, Daniel. That's really rude. Yeah. I don't... <laughs> I, honest to God, don't have an answer to that. Well, They're even, both... like, from a what kind of fiber they are standpoint... And again, Daniel science, but, like, well, those are different... potatoes don't have fiber. Are you, are they... They're not, like, one kind of fiber and the other one's the other kind of fiber kind of thing? No. I think that potatoes are just, like, pure carb. And I think that it's just kind of, like, empty carb. <laughs> I mean, delicious carb, but empty. Um, and I feel like there's a vitamin in the skin, right? Have I been lying oh, to myself for you know what? 30 years? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no, no. The skin is good. The skin okay. the skin is where the nutrients are. Yeah. Um, you're right. Don't worry. Don't worry, Mar. You got the skin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got to have at least one vitamin in my, in my body, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really. Well, Just let me live well, with my uh, potato skin. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing that I'm thinking of, too, is because, like, I'm always like, I want a bowl of pasta. And then Maureen's like, I can't eat more pasta. And I'm like, have a potato. <laughs> yeah. I, I can see that analogy. That totally makes sense to me. I yeah. have seen a lot of Italian friends really lean into gravy making lately. Oh, uh, yeah. Things have gotten worse. Yeah. yeah. I think that that's how I've been relating to my bean situation. Because now as I talk about it, I realize I haven't had anything really other than beans in about 72 hours. And I've been on a real productivity kick. So there's got to be something to this. It's making something about quarantine more bearable for me, for sure. Yeah, no, I, so Daniel and I, so Daniel and I have been vegan for about three years, except for in, when in September 
we started eating eggs again because it's a it's okay. a it's a cheap food item and mm-hmm. you know you, sometimes you gotta go with the economics of the situation <laughs> um and so that's real yeah um so this morning like i had five minutes to make breakfast and i was like i know exactly what i'm gonna do and i did egg in a hole and i just dumped half a can of beans on top of it and just put salt and pepper on it and like i feel amazing <laughs> Oh my um, god, that literally boosted my serotonin just hearing about that meal. That sounds awesome. Yeah, no, it's just like, yeah, like it's the fastest, best thing in the world, and I cannot for the life of me get Daniel to eat it. What? I'm just not a big beans per. Like, I love beans, but like beans, like you, like UK beans. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right, is Ireland part of UK? That's I got that right, right? Or did I get that wrong? Uh. It's over there. We're British Isles. To get away, but we're Briti- I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of British Isles. <laughs> You're thinking of the British Isles, <laughs> Like, as a yeah. concept. It's a very, um, uh, beans are a very, like, that kind of thing, you know what I mean? Like, I just picture, like, the Heinz bean can. Oh, yeah, that blue mm. boy? Yeah, and I, that kind of bean, like, because it's probably a bean that I eat, like, I, I'll probably eat that bean in something else, but just, like, the idea of just getting down to beans by itself... Which is also weird, because I love, like, refried beans, like, out of the can sometimes. Like, just a little spoon, mm-hmm. a little dollop will do you. I, this must just be some, like, anti-imperial... Well, Irish isn't imperial. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm saying a lot here. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm like, I gotta be careful with what I agree with. I am planning on fleeing this country and joining the IRA at some point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gotta keep it on a certain level with my Irish <laughs> So I have a, um, I'm about to say a funny thing. I have a charming IRA story. <laughs> um, I love it. Yeah. Literally every time I do an interview with you guys, I end up talking about the IRA. <laughs> my mom is very upset about it, but I live for it. So, let's do it. so my, my great grandma is, um, is an, was an Irish lady. She came from Waterford and, um, her, her, polit- she was a diehard Republican. Like, she, she was a real piece of shit. <laughs> and I, and I, I say space, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, I remember when I was, like, I was, like, seven or eight, and I was talking with my mom, and I had just learned about the IRA, like, in school or something, or I don't know. I learned about the IRA somehow. As most seven-year-olds do. And I I was like, oh, Irish Republicans? Isn't that Nana? And my mom was like, no. No, that's not. No, that's a different, that's a different thing, Maureen. Nana. Nana could be not any less like any group yeah, of people other exactly, than the IRA. Exactly. I was like, but mom, Nana's an Irish Republican. So isn't she in the IRA? And she was like, your Nana is not in the IRA. You cannot tell people that. You cannot say that your Nana is in the IRA. And I was like, all right. And it was just a nuance that was so lost to me. So yeah, that's my charming IRA story. That's a good charming IRA story. I told the truth. <laughs> that I mean, that is the kind of logic that you know it makes sense to me as an adult. Why don't we just change you know one party's name? I don't know. I yeah. think that we should call our American party something like the Crap Doodle Party yeah. instead of the well, Republican Party. Mm-hmm. But I, it's ridiculous. That's actually what it comes down to. Is not so much like 
like the IRA's naming is weird. It's that American politics are named weird. Like the Conservative Party being called. I think it's just a big cloak for like not being able to communicate what what actual uh, policy is. You know. Mm-hmm. I, oh, totally. Like it's so much. It makes like getting conservative policy on the ballot so much easier when you're not entirely sure, given the decade, which which party is the conservative party. Mm-hmm. Totally. Because it, it, like, blurs the meaning of conservative and, like, and like not conservative. Hey, that's a good long con. I'm here for it, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least there's a strategy behind it that way. I realize, uh, As too. opposed to kind of the blind hatred that I feel like <laughs> mostly rules <laughs> what's going on currently in America, so. Yeah. I realize, too, we haven't actually prefaced the old, this is a quarantine recording preface, which we should they do. They knew probably. when we start talking about beans. Come on. <laughs> that is true. That they were is like, true. oh, I know what this is going to be about long term. Yeah. <laughs> only one combo could be let in with, I've been eating a lot of beans out of a can lately. Yeah. <laughs> like a boxcar child. I mean, I mean, unless this was the period in U.S. history where in 2022, everyone just pretended to be cowboys for a second. Well, I do. This is the, I, I'm really glad you said that because the thing that <laughs> <What>? I... <not, laughs> Cowboys, let's get into it. to bring up cowboys this whole time. Now, the thing I think about a lot, and I've, I've mentioned this in the podcast a ton when we're interviewing people, Scopy Radio, like, um, I always love thinking about what it's going to be like to be 40 years from now and looking at a history book about this time. Like, when you think about, and I, that's not in context of the quarantine, but like, I just, that's such a conversation I've been hearing other people say lately. I'm just like, this is going to be like the Great Depression. And it's like, but it's almost, like, because people were talking about how, like, you know, like, from the Great Depression, there's so many, like, cultural things that folks have picked up, like. We had this conversation with the, the people who checked out our groceries yesterday. Yeah. Of, like, this old lady, we were all wearing masks, and so our faces, faces were partially obscured, and this old lady checking, checking out our groceries was like, was like, how are you doing? And I was like, I'm okay. And she was like, or no, I was like, I'm good. How are you? And she was like, well, I don't know how you're good. What's your secret? And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, my secret is lying. <laughs> she was like, ah, yes, lying. Okay. <laughs> the realness to which every grocery store employee that I've talked to, the four times that I've talked to grocery store employees during since this thing started, like, has been the realest motherfucker. You know? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. The facade is for sure gone at this yeah. point. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Any sense of, like, of, like, that customer service veneer? Oh, yeah. And more power to them, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, I am, he- mm-hmm. I'm here for that. Like, give me a mad grocery store employee right now. Like, I want to know, I'd rather know, you know what I mean? I don't want to be the person totally. that, like... <laughs> they were, like, dishing. <laughs> They're like yeah. fishing with us. I was like, I am here for the hot supermarket gossip. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. So real. Mm-hmm. As someone who used to work in a grocery store and no longer does, I am like, that's the one thing we were really missing, the ability to flip out on customers mm-hmm. if necessary. So I am glad if workers are being given more space to do so, because it definitely looks like customers are getting a little bit more... Uh, Extreme, I guess yeah. is a nice word that I'll use on it. <laughs> well, it's wild. Like, a lot of grocery stores this week are starting to put in um, lines. 
so that they limit mm-hmm. how many people are actually in the store, which I, which makes sense, but I can't imagine that that is a dynamic that like customers in whoever's going to the Lincoln area, Lincoln Square right. area, Trader Joe's is like loving, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Totally. No, every time I've seen like lines in effect or have heard from other friends being like, oh, they have it marked out for six feet. But no one's doing that. Mm-hmm. Everyone has masks on, the, but they're pulled under their chins. They're, like, letting their kid cough on cereal boxes. Like, it's not really working. People all, like, seem to not be getting it. I'm like, we're, we're making it as easy as possible. Mm-hmm. We literally have tape on the ground, so you don't have to think about how close you are standing to someone else. Like, how can we make this more simple for you people? Mm-hmm. No. That's definitely why I'm going to make a suit with pool noodles on every side of it extending six feet out so that people have no choice but to stay away from me because I don't want to deal with them ever. And, and what's the, wear it for the rest of my life. And where's the website for that store? Because that's, I need that. <laughs> <laughs> if you're in the know, you're in the know. And that's where I'll be selling my pool noodles. I-Y-K-Y-K. Exactly. Well, the thing, one of the people yesterday was like, yeah, I saw someone come in with a Trump 2020 mask. As, like, a statement oh of God. protest. That's a fucking... The... How do you not punch someone in the face when they're wearing that, even though there's a pandemic? That's my. That's why I'm staying inside, because I'm so close to the edge that if I saw something like that, I would just go feral mm-hmm. right now. Well, and that's the wildest thing, right? Because, like, in Illinois, we have the strictest... For good reason. Like, I'm so proud of, like, Pritzker and Lightfoot in this moment for on that. Like, of really trying to figure out how to do this right because like fucking mm-hmm. people are dying like it's like like basic human shit you know and then i guess from oh. that the the like mandatory face mask law it's like a protest of if you're making me wear a mask i'm wearing a trump 2020 mask and i just think like the wildest thing to me about this time is just the um the like the like dichotomy i guess of protest now versus protest two years ago even i feel like i've seen so many like memes basically me because like fucking i haven't read anything yet on just like how ridiculous just because the the idea of people like like police interventionism you know what i mean like where it's mm-hmm. it's a different time, you know. Like there was a meme that was referencing the um, the was her name Carol, <laughs> the woman who called uh, the police over a barbecue like three years ago. If you saw the mm-hmm. image of her, you would know exactly what I'm talking oh, about. Oh yeah. Oh, I do. And um, and it's like compared that to to now, where the people that I mean. It's it's just a weird it is just a weird timeline to be in with that kind of a thing. Because it's like mm-hmm. I I don't know, like all caps are bastards, for sure. All cops. All caps all caps. All caps are bastards. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Uh it's just like a complete disconnect from reality, I feel like. Like the cognitive dissonance is enough that I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm actually seeing this play out, you know, with the totally different standards that are, uh, you know, yeah. being put on public display. I think that's the thing. 
I, you know, I think that marginalized communities have always known that they are treated differently by the police. Yeah. Uh, but I think that has been way more apparent on a larger scale to white people uh, in recent history. And the fact that it's like so flagrantly like being flounced when I feel like the right has spent like the past five years really investing a lot of time and energy into, you know, making like Black Lives Matter mm -hmm. uh, feel gaslit by exactly. general society. Yeah, uh, exactly. No, Mar, I mean, something that you shared recently on Instagram of this picture of like police intervention, I think it was in Little Village versus, or no, no, it was in New York of, mm -hmm. um, of like, how there was no one outside in Harlem, but in the West Village, it was just crap. It was just full of people not wearing masks and how police police activity in Harlem is so heightened and there's like nothing. Ha and so just the, 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 the misallocated resources that like, or you know what I find myself fine with right now? City fines. Like, when, when oh. they're talking about city fines for people not wearing masks, I'm like, yeah, I'm good with that. But when they talk about, like, a soda tax or, like, what was the one just recently, like, that's, like, or parking fines. You know, like, the difference between a parking fine and a mask fine is, like, a parking fine's punching down. Like, someone that's having a hard time, like, with their parking tickets or whatever, that's because, like, the system's failed them. They have a hard time finding mm -hmm. parking. Like, they have a hard time affording it. But if a... If a, a, a fine from the city for a mask? That's punching up to me. Because, oh, yeah. like, totally. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure that there are also people that can't afford a mask, but, like, it is not it is not so much a, like, systemic issue as someone who can't budget hundreds of dollars. Like, not being able to budget $6 is weirdly to me, like, an upper-class problem. <laughs> like, like, of being like, oh, it just wasn't worth it to me. Do you know what I mean? And I think that the mm. people in this... By, like, the material, the, like, talk, thinking about it materially, like, thinking about in practice what's happening, the people that are not, that are choosing to not make that decision generally, and obviously this is a generalization, are people that, that are, oh, yeah, sorry, Oscar just jumped into my lap and he's, like, <laughs> cute, but they're generally people that, like, they could definitely afford to wear a fucking $6 mask, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely, like, a level of, like, either willful ignorance or like just choosing not to participate. And at that point I'm like, that's fine. Yeah. It hurts me a lot less if someone, you know, sits on the right side of the street on, you know, the third Thursday of every whatever with their car versus right. uh, wearing a mask out when they're going to cough and infect me. Oh man, my cats heard that your cat was mentioned and now they are <laughs> like trying to get into a fight so that they could be on the podcast. Shout well, out to Sausage and Kiko Curran for being the most. <laughs> you tell you're my kids right now. Thank you. Uh, but with the New York stuff, like that same shit is happening in Chicago for sure, where, you know, uh, Lori Lightfoot's going out with, you know, a whole media team and a bunch of cops to break up, you know, African-American youths playing basketball, mm. you know, on a court versus... I hear reports every day from my friends in Logan Square who are like, you know, Palmer Square is totally packed. You can't walk through there at all. Everyone is like maybe two feet from each other and not mm -hmm. wearing masks, but they really just don't give a shit because they think we're outside. The sun is good. Health. That is how you do things, you know, versus 
listening to what's actually going on as far as recommendations. You know, why aren't you going out there and busting those people? I'm sure that that would be more entertaining for us on the Internet as well. Those people are the ones who are going to freak out, you know, right. uh, versus you bothering some kids who I would rather them, you know, be at a court playing basketball than uh, hanging out at Palmer Square at this point. So, mm-hmm. like, fuck it. You're wasting your resources going over there and lecturing those people as opposed to all these you know, people who could take the hit financially if we did mask fines and things like that and are just choosing to not participate because they think that they're above it. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like I'm all for city fines for people not wearing masks as long as the people who actually are being dicks right. about it are getting I mean, that's the, that's the reality of it. Like in so many cases, the the theoretical is always like, I don't know, like it can always be taken advantage of in a segregated city, you know? Like, because of the, and especially in a moment like now where, like, the lines of segregation are, are way worse. Like, it's so much easier for us to not know what's going on, like, what the, what the city government is doing, like, in neighborhoods, like, in black neighborhoods and things like that. Just because, like, we're not, totally like, we're in our houses, you know what I mean? Like, we're more dependent on, like, essentially state media than ever before. Damn but true, yeah. You know who's been killed? I don't know, and then it, I think it's complicated too because it opens up the door to like how many police officers at this point are infected. You know what I mean? Like, oh, there's yeah. been a huge surge of them testing positive. Is it even worth it for them to be going out and doing uh, fines? Are yeah. they going to get infected that way from those like ignorant people who are not wearing masks, or are they going to infect those people then? You know, like that's why I wish people would just do the damn thing and stay home. Then we wouldn't be having these conversations mm-hmm. about like you know. Who's going to get infected? How? Because you chose to be selfish uh, during something that's affecting literally the entire world. Yeah. And in my patented, Daniel Johansson talks about a, an article concept before Sounding Board, or on Sounding Board before it's like anywhere even near a draft. Um, one of the writers I have is right working on, a, um, on an article on like prison abolishment in this time. And it's just like, that's something that I keep thinking of too, is just like how many fucking people in in fucking jail cells or in in prison um have coronavirus and like there's no way in a situation that like that that or the um the detention centers on the border oh yeah like it's that's like that's like subhuman to to put people mm-hmm. into into situations like that and there's just no way there's no way that you can hold the same standard of social distancing and and all of these things that are proven like the only thing that's been proven to work against the virus you know yeah mm-hmm. no, i mean they were subhuman standards before this all happened too like exactly. the fact that people like pence have been there and seen it and been like yep that looks good yeah. like that punishment fits the crime that i made up you know, like, I'm yeah. 0% surprised that they've decided in this moment to be like, oh, perfect, now we can just abandon these people to die, and then we don't have to worry about it anymore. Like, God provides a way, you know? Yeah, it uh, is hard for me to, to see, I mean, obviously in this time now more than ever, you know, we need to see these unjust systems, like, broken and, and people be set free. But um, But it's also weird for me to see like, like, exactly like you're saying, like, that shock outrage of folks who are like, well, oh, this is happening, like, this, now we, now, now, instead of, 
now more than ever, or not now more than ever, like, instead of now as before these people need to be free, it's like, well, now they need to be free. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, like I think that there's a, like a, a, a degree to which people maybe don't, didn't realize how much the need for, you know, like, oh, Joe Exotic mm. is in jail right now and, like, should be free. Because, like, like coronavirus You've always got to bring it back to Joe Exotic, don't you, Daniel? <laughs> That's your no. number one legal example. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I agree. I think that I would hope that if we are able to, you know, get some vestiges of positive things out of this situation, mm -hmm. I would hope that it would really humanize uh, the situation that a lot of people are in in prison for people. Like, I had a good talk with my sister-in-law about this where I was like, you're having a hard time being in your house when you have the internet and TV and your husband and my, like my baby nephew and like all the books. You can like go on a car ride if you like need to get out of the house or something like that. Imagine people who spend like years of their life in solitary confinement with literally nothing to do. Like that's a panic that has been gripping me uh, during quarantine. I had to put that on my list of media to stop consuming. I can't watch anything about prisons right now. Yeah. Can't watch anything about solitary confinement or wrongful conviction oh because it just is, it puts me into a literal panic space to think right. about, you know, being locked up in a tiny room with no other options. And like that scared me before this, but now it feels like a physical reality that is more yeah. accessible, uh, which definitely is like, you know, a symptom of my privilege. But I would hope that other people who, have not given that any thought before or have not kind of delved into what that would mean for someone emotionally and psychologically to be in a situation like right. that now have a new understanding and can, you know, get angry enough to put some action into at least fucking calling your senators. You know what That's I mean? That's very like, true. Yeah. All we have right now is time to send, you know, Tammy Duckworth or Dick Durbin an email, you know, expressing our feelings about, you know, the most minute things in our life, you know, so right. might as well be doing it to, I don't know, make something happen. Because you're right. It is like before this was important. Now it is like a real life or death for even more people uh, to be trapped in that situation, right. whether it's detention centers or inhumane prison uh, situations, which have like been substandard for the entire time they've existed. Right. Uh, so now that's really going to come back and bite us in the ass is, uh, you know, human beings who should be taking care of other human beings. Absolutely. Even if they do something that we, you know, disagree with on some stupid level, you know? Right. I want to, I want to, um, transition to something still heavy, but lighter. <laughs> As we were talking we before that episode. Beans? Is that what you're Maybe talking we should about? go to beans. Yeah, no. Um, I, they are heavy, but light. I, a thing that I've been finding <laughs> fascinating that I don't think folks are, I mean, obviously the folks are talking about it with their, like, close uh people like people that they would organize these kinds of things with but like the thing that i before we started recording you mentioned that you recently moved and i know a few people that have that have moved during this and i just find that so we have a friend a close friend who's moving to a different apartment in their in her building um which at least that to me i don't know i mean it's still tricky right like i don't know like how what was your experience like 
Uh, I'm really good at disassociating, so it went pretty well for me. I just kind of checked out uh, a week before the move happened and was like, we're going to be in a, a fake stasis right now. Until yeah. this is done, it's going to get done, so like, let's just ignore all of our feelings. And then I spent like four days in bed after the move trying to decompress from that. I mean, it's not fun. I I can't say I've ever had like a good move because I hate moving, but yeah. this was like a special fun level of hell. Um just having like people come into your space right now, you know, is a huge risk, mm-hmm. let alone someone coming into, you know, your old apartment, picking up all your stuff, touching it, then moving it into your new space, you know, like, I have like OCD tendencies from my anxiety, definitely. Mm-hmm. And that was something where I had to be like, all right, we're going to do some cognitive behavioral therapy to put this in check before it happens, because this cannot uh be good for my mental health right now and i know a lot of other people who are moving who uh on top of the usual moving stress definitely the stress of you know the virus getting on something being transmitted via the movers being brought into your new space you know it's very stressful for people uh, i'm glad that moving companies are still operating right. uh, the one i use definitely uh had mask procedures in place. They sent out, you know, kind of a little notice being like, please do not be anywhere near these people. Like, just let them do their job and uh, we'll all try to stay healthy, you know, right. which I thought was great. But I hope that those workers are being protected because that definitely seems like a high risk situation. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It makes sense to me, though, that is that is essential. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, well, like- yeah, some people, I mean, we definitely heard about landlords evicting people currently still you know so at the you know every end of the spectrum of people who need to move it Mm -hmm. is kind of like something's got to happen if you are in a position where you can't get movers what are you supposed to do you can't ask you know your friends and family for the most part to help you out you're just supposed to like not do it so Mm -hmm. uh definitely not one of my top 10 quarantine experiences would not recommend for sure (laughs) You know, our friend who's in the process of moving right now, her initial plan was to start just like, because since she's moving to a, to an apartment in the same building, what she was planning on doing was waiting until midnight when no one was Ooh. out and about in the, in the building and just moving everything herself except for the heavy stuff and then hiring a task rabbit at, while she hid in her bathroom to move her heavy stuff. And I was I like, like the level of subterfuge there. That's good. Oh yeah. <laughs> and but I was I was like I that seems not sustainable. <laughs> that, <laughs> that seems really hard. <laughs> and and mm-hmm. she and she thankfully um is now hiring movers and I'm very happy just because like moving is hard enough. <laughs> yeah. 100%. <laughs> No, I think that that's definitely one of those things where you have to, like, weigh the cost benefits. And for me, especially because I'm a disabled person, like, I can't lift for shit. Right. Uh, yeah. I'm, if I was trying to do it by myself, that would be a two-year experience. Uh, <laughs> so I definitely was like, okay, if I can have these guys, you know, in and out in an hour, uh, that's probably less exposure than me doing 90,000 trips by myself uh, with all the, like, wheezing and panting I'm going to have to do. So why don't I just, you know take a calculated risk. But I think that that's what so much of current life boils down to. Like what risks can you calculate and make safe enough for yourself that you can like live with it 
and adjust to it and try to, you know, make that situation the best possible that it can be. Like, I don't know, moving is hard enough already. You throw in a pandemic with like right. a super virus that we don't really understand anything about. You know, I could see why someone would be like, so I'm going to do it at midnight. You know, <laughs> sometimes that seems simpler than being like, all right, well, I'll have them drop this stuff off here and then I'll sanitize the outside of the boxes or whatever and then move it over here. You know, Right. Yeah, I just because like exactly like moving, I can't think of anyone who's successfully moved by themselves. You know, I don't think that's a thing like you like in in the cheapest I guess, if you want to put it like that, like, scenario, like, you're asking friends to help and you're getting them pizza, you know what I mean? Like, there's, oh, like, what, what, like, what am I trying to say? Like, there's no, Mm -hmm. it's such a, it's such a thing, too, where if you're not moving, you don't really think about it, but when you Mm -hmm. do move, like, now that I'm, and and now that I'm not moving and thinking about it, (laughs) the thing I'm thinking about (laughs) is just, like, how necessarily... Like how ne- how much of a necessity it is to be able to move, because you're talking about housing, which mm-hmm. you know any decent person I think considers a basic human necessity. Um, and... If you don't, I'm coming for you. So. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 you know the way that practically housing is, you ha- people have to. You're not living in the same place from from birth to death. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. And I, and I think that especially if you're going to be locked inside for question mark number of months, like that was a big factor for my move. Right. I was moving before my lease was up because I was just in a unhealthy living situation for mm-hmm. my mental health. Uh, I was planning on moving like the end of March and then the pandemic hit. And I was like, maybe I'll like wait it out. How long can this go out? You know, go on for it. Two weeks later, I was like, all right, so I got to move during a pandemic. Let's do this. But the change of uh, scenery and living with different people who are, like, really supportive, I when I think about how long this could go on, like, it was so necessary for me to get out of my space and get into uh, a community care-based environment for me to be able to survive this thing, you know. Yeah. And you think about all the people who are in, like, abusive situations or have yes. landlords who are, you know, harassing them or doing illegal shit right now. Right. Like, it's very necessary for a lot of people to relocate right now, especially if this might, you know, get worse or continue on for an indefinite future. Yeah, I think that in, to your, exactly your point, like, the things that we need to be talking about are the things that society would otherwise not have us talk about. Like, like landlord relations, like money and like domestic abuse. Like there's been such a, a a ridiculous rise in that, but, and it, but also like it makes, it doesn't make sense, but you know what I mean? Like it, it, when you have so many people like stuck in their home environments, like Mm -hmm. it just exacerbates whatever the home environment is and when everyone's feeling tense right now you know and you literally can't go somewhere else like it definitely even though abuse doesn't make sense if you are able to see someone's like internal processes of how that would you know come to happen it definitely makes sense as to why it's happening more right now which is like super fucking unfortunate because that's the last thing anyone who's you know in that situation needs to deal with right now you know yeah yeah. 
No, so what one thing that I think the city is like I'm I was like impressed by the city's response is the um that they're making hotel rooms and Airbnbs available to domestic abuse victims. Oh yeah. Which mm-hmm. I seeing that I was like I was like, all right, I see you. <laughs> like <laughs> like that's that's okay, you're doing cool. at least one good thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, mm-hmm. like, yeah. No, it's... Shit's fucking think... rough right now. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be interesting to see how they compensate the Airbnb specifically, too. Because I've definitely been watching how that market has been freaking out. Oh, yeah. Uh, because, obviously, no one's renting Airbnbs uh, at the rate they used to anymore. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know being revealed how many people own multiple properties and we're living off of Airbnb as income. Uh, I think that's going to be a huge bubble that is on the brink of bursting right now with the current situation. So I, I wonder how much of a calculated move it is by the city to use Airbnb specifically so that they can try to uh, maintain that market. That that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And because the other aspect of this is, unemployment which is a great um this is a past thing that we were less than informed about that we should revisit thing which is unemployment benefits but that isn't a fascinating thing because there is some degree i don't know if it's like i don't know how newly implemented it is but there is some kind of like i don't really know if airbnb counts as gig economy but i know that a lot of people are talking about like DoorDash workers and, and, and um, Amazon workers and stuff like that. Like, I guess, I don't know if Uber drivers are up, but I don't know. But my point being is that for, for gig economy workers, there is some kind of implementation of an unemployment, but also just the process, the, the amount of people that, I mean, we have as a nation 30 million people in the last month that need to file, that have filed for unemployment. So just the number of people that have to familiarize themselves with how the system works, you know, yeah. has been, has been huge. Daniel, what you're referring to is the, um, previously, I think that unemployment benefits were only available to W2 workers, mm. um, who lost their jobs, not through getting fired for like some kind of malfeasance and it, they they're only eligible for it if they were laid off. Yeah. Um, but now they've expanded those benefits to 1099, which is contract workers. Mm-hmm. But those benefits are only becoming available on May 11th. So oh. that would so that would encompass um, like Uber drivers and stuff like that because like Uber and DoorDash and all of that. That's all 1099 work. Yeah. Yeah, and the piece that I so the piece that I didn't really understand was how the CARES Act worked with all of this. Because obviously there's that federal, the federal act that, that basically uh, ups unemployment by $600 a week. Um, but I didn't understand how that was implemented. Because I know when I first filed for unemployment, it gave me one number. And I was like, that it was like 180 or something like that. And I was like, that's not going to cover rent. Like, well, that's, a, that's ridiculous. <laughs> what the fuck? But then, you know, I was reading about like the CARES Act or whatever. And it's like, um, you get one, uh, one, um, not ranking, but 
assessment. Like, it tells you one number, but then the CARES Act isn't even factored into that. Just because, at least in Illinois, like, the state unemployment department is so over-flooded. Like, you, and then you apply for, you, you apply for unemployment, and you won't get an email that you, about, like, the certification process until after you needed to have certified by. Like, and that's mm -hmm. just because the unemployment office is so over-flooded. And so they're, they've been telling people for the longest time to just certify online ahead of hearing from it. Like, un, like apply for unemployment. And I don't really know, you know, again, maybe not entirely informed. Like, if anyone knows for sure at this point, like, what the window is. Like, can you certify right after you apply? I have no idea. That is an interesting... That is a uh, a thing that... And I think no one really knows. Yeah. Unless you're doing it, you know? Or unless you're literally in the office of unemployment. Um, I was going to say, even they probably don't know at this point. Like, yeah. <laughs> so many things are changing so rapidly, you know what I mean? Right. That I wonder how in the loop they even are to what the federal and state government are kind of deciding is going to happen. Right. I think that that's been part of uh, the process for me that's been really frustrating is when I call in for help and I'm like, hey, this thing happens and like I need to do X, Y, and Z. They're kind of like, uh, all right, and what do you want me to do about that? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, God, that's a bad sign. That's not a good sign if you don't know. <laughs> I realize what it is. It's because we have, you can apply for unemployment on a certain day and then you certify on a different day. Like when you certify for unemployment, like for example, my last name is under J and that's Thursdays and Fridays in Illinois. And so that's what I'm thinking of as far as like why there's a window between when you apply and when you can certify. Um, but even then, so because the other piece is that, and this is an interesting aspect to me too about how this is all going to play out as far as recovery and, and how like how essentially like what is going to happen come July 25th. So many people, like I was saying before, unemployment is not going to cover the like state unemployment the standard unemployment is not going to cover people's rent and basic needs. And the CARES Act, the federal CARES Act, is only until July 25th. And that's, like, something that Republicans are fighting tooth and nail to not see extended, no matter what happens with coronavirus, because they don't like the idea of... Because what it points out is it makes a very clear point that the federal minimum wage... And unemployment benefits are not adequate enough to cover poverty income. Like, there is no, like, it, like, it, people's, like, the base level of human need is not covered by our metrics of, and that was shown by the stimulus numbers, mm -hmm. where they did, it was like, this was supposed to be eight weeks of income, was it? Four weeks. Four weeks of income for, twelve, like, $1,200, that is not what rent and food and bills cost for for an average American. Not even, like, forget average. Yeah, like, no, wait, no, what am I saying? So, what it was, so they got that number by multiplying, um, multiplying the federal minimum wage, which is $7.25, multiplying that by 40. Right. And then multiplying that by four. So basically, working at federal minimum wage, forty hours a week for four weeks, got it to eleven sixty, and then they rounded up to twelve hundred. Yeah. 
It's so infuriating. It's just like when you hear it laid out like that, it just sounds so demeaning to me. Oh, yeah. That's how they value people's labor, let alone their like lives protecting people by being at home. And we're already one of the countries that I feel like has been doing the least to care for other people. You know, mm-hmm. like, we're not sending out care packages to people being like, here's some food. Thanks for staying home. We're not sending doctors out to try to meet people where they're at and figure out what the problem is. We don't even have tests for the most part. So, like, yeah. it's just infuriating that what I would expect, at least, is the Republicans to be like, here's some money. Like, shut up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that was the dollar amount that they put on it makes me like... You shut up. You shut up. <laughs> yeah. Man. And that's the thing. It was, like, so radical at the time. You know? I remember, like, two months ago, they were talking about a $1,200 stimulus and being like, this is unprecedented. There has never been a time in American history where direct aid has been this great. You know? And it's like... Like, literally... So, a friend of mine from high school who lives in France called me with the... Ex- he, he called me because he was like... I watched John Oliver's show, and for the first time ever, it was just sad and scary and not funny, and so I'm calling all of my friends in America to make sure that they're okay. Which is the most expat thing I've ever heard. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I was like, I'm, I'm okay, I'm fine, thank you, and he was telling me, he's like, yeah, like, um, both me and my wife have lost our jobs, but we're getting monthly payments that more than cover our bills and we're fine and uh if we want to leave our house we have to like print off this form that where we have to put down the time that we left our house and if we get stopped by police we have to show that form and if it's more than an hour past when we left the house then we get fined and i'm like yo (laughs) oh yeah i mean that's the thing that's the business. <laughs> I don't think that Americans, especially people that are protesting, have any idea the levels to which other countries, like, just how, I mean, obviously, there are so many things about American po- like policy that are authoritarian, but the reason, not making the case for authoritarianism, although, like, I'm sure there's some Maoist, like, that's like, yeah, it's great, like, <laughs> but, like, the the reason why China had such a quick turnaround is because of the level of control that the government has. Like when people are like, "Oh, we're going to be able to recover in this by the same metric as China," it's like, "No, we're not." Like, "No, we're not," because the like, and and to that end, it's because we have more freedoms in some mm-hmm. ways. Or at least yeah, like that's you the know, consequence of American exceptionalism. Exactly. Yeah, we're going to be sick forever. Yeah. No, it's true. I think that people have no idea how much worse it could be, which is, like, not a fun situation to, like, even think about. But as far as, you know, saying, I can't go get my hair done, so I'm going to, you know, do a protest. Like, other countries have a much better grasp on the severity of the situation and how seriously it needs to be handled. And I think that we as a country just look like total dipshits right now. Mm-hmm. It's really embarrassing to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm very upset with my grandparents for coming over here from Ireland. <laughs> uh, we had just stayed put. It would have really paid off for me personally. So. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I... Something that I've been seeing recently is, like, 
these these memes that are saying like I can't believe we have to tell these all lives matter people that all lives matter. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, my favorite is the protest where they're screaming in the cops' faces and then they're like yes. just like that. Blue lives no longer matter. Yeah. Yes. Like, that's exactly what's happening. You're actually infecting the people who you hold up as like infallible gods just because they're doing one thing you don't agree with. That's ridiculous. Yep. Yep. <sighs> yep, 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 yep. I'm definitely like rage eating some beans now. <laughs> now I'm mad. I'm mad about society. <laughs> well that's what that's what we do on sounding board. <laughs> <laughs> the rage eating beans as a concept is like that should be a, that should be like a t-shirt or something <laughs> I'm happy to provide to your uh, marketing strategy anytime <laughs> you need me to do something in anger I'm right <laughs> um well yeah I think we should probably wrap up so the last thing we do with all of our guests on sounding board is the same thing we do on Scopy radio, which is just kind of a, I mean, but it's weird during quarantine hours. We got to come up, we got to come up with a, another term other than plug. Cause it's, who's plugging shit right now? Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Unless Mar, are you plugging shit? Oh no, not at all. Yeah, you would no. think that being locked alone in my house would make me finally finish my podcast after two years, but no, not at all. Uh, I mean, if you want to see the progression of me not doing that, you can definitely follow me at markerinchicago.com, but uh, mostly I'm focused on my at-home domestic crafts right now. I reupholstered a couch during quarantine. Nice. I, saw, um, I hung I up some shelves by myself, so that's more where my energy's at. Yeah. I think that, I think a way that we can reframe, like, why don't you plug what you're blah, 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 is like, like, how are, like, what what's your is, quarantine project? Or maybe not what's your quarantine project, because not everybody has a quarantine yeah, project. Yeah, that's true, too. But maybe, like, like, what's been your self-care move recently? Yeah. So, yeah, I like that. So, Mar, what's I'm been... I'm definitely... Yeah, what's been your Go self-care... Ahead, no, you're fine. What's been your self-care move recently? Uh, God, now I'm going to sound hella Irish, but I've been learning Irish. <laughs> That's my self-care thing. I realized I was definitely in, like, a black hole of having no, like, routine to my day at all. And this revelation only came, like, two days ago. So very fresh, very new, very insightful. <laughs> uh, so I was like, I need to set up at least, like, one thing that I can do every single day that isn't going to feel taxing, that I can be excited about and look forward to. So I started learning Irish, like, a week ago. Uh, and just like doing one thing routinely through my day has really kind of pumped me up to get back into doing more work at other things, yeah. like checking daily to see if my unemployment went through or <laughs> practicing <laughs> my drumming and things like that. So yeah, Irish is once again, saving my life, uh, <laughs> by keeping me grounded and at the very least giving me something fun and weird to focus on by trying to understand their different alphabets so Ooh, thanks are, ancestors you've done it again they're, they're, <laughs> i love you their alphabet is formidable isn't it that, mm -hmm. isn't it that they put this might be this might be like my angry relatives who don't understand how to pronounce irish making shit up so bear with me but <laughs> don't, don't they put letters in certain places to tell you w what sounds not to make <laughs> 
Wow, I'm not going to lie to you. Duolingo has not gotten me there yet. <laughs> that is true. I think... But I will keep you abreast. Don't, do not worry. <laughs> Thank you for keeping me abreast, Mar. That's all I can ask for. <laughs> Anytime. I've definitely been doing a lot of uh, Marco Polo Irish lessons with my friends who are like, well, I have nothing else to do. Why don't you teach me Irish too? And I'm like, all right. We're both starting off with zero, but at least I know that it goes verb, subject, object. So let's learn together. That is the most, though, what you said is the most rebellious Irish energy to me. Like, that to me is, and that, somehow that speaks to the culture to me. Like, of like, like, don't, like, there's a B here. Don't make a B. Make a V. <laughs> there's a B here. You're supposed to hate it. You know? <laughs> Well, at least we let you know you're supposed to hate it. Yeah. You know? I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> There's a B here, which is a sound you make with your lips, but instead you're going to make it with your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of like guttural sounds uh, where I have to pull back to eking my way through three years of high school French, where I just made a lot of, like, very mumbly sounds, and my teacher, who was from France, was like, that sounds authentic enough to me. You get an A. <laughs> so whenever someone speaks actual Irish with me, just be aware. A lot of it will sound like me just going, ugh, 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 uh, to try to get through it. Yeah. No, um, I was watching this video last night of, like... <laughs> when I thought you were doing Duolingo no it was just me watching the same video over and over again where it was like the word for you is ton the word for mowing uncle. is ton Ooh. the word for tuna is ton the word for uncle is ton ton and so they made the sentence your uncle is mowing your tuna and it's ton 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 <laughs> Yeah. I love it. Very Charlie Brown's teacher esque. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My recent project is I just got an eighty dollar brother inkjet printer, which I'm gonna Ooh. I wanna print stickers. I'm gonna learn how to print <gasps> stickers. I know, like vinyl stickers. Wow, I support that. I know I'm really I'm really excited about it. Mm. Um well, yeah, because I've I've had a, br a brother black and white printer for the longest time, but I've been meaning to just, like, figure out inkjet printing at some point, because like, it feels like a handy thing for a magazine. Like, if we ever wanted to, like, print one-off copies of... I don't think we could do it on an $80 brother printer, but maybe. Yeah. Maybe I could do one issue, you know? One... It would be an expensive issue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you anyway. just got to put really good stuff that's worth a lot of money in it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, just our, just our money articles. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know you guys have been sitting on oh, yeah. secretly for years. Yeah, right. we've been holding off on publishing the expensive articles. Until we got an $80 Brother inkjet printer. <laughs> That's what but we're... yeah, so that'll be fun. That's what we've been waiting for. Um, I love it. Well, Mar, you're a national treasure. Thanks. Yeah. I hope that the IRA thinks so too. <laughs> recruit me. <laughs> Oh, this really was just a long-form resume. I feel like that could be good for arms deals. Yeah. I'm going to make a resume today. I really like the I really like the idea of like really tense like like southern Irish <laughs> or or like really like tense negotiation between the IRA and like 
the British government and like the doors burst open and you just come out and you're like, hi! <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> We're going to do a murder mystery. <laughs> Hello, I know I'm the... going to get you guys in touch with your feelings and then we will not be having this issue, let me tell you. <laughs> What a what a curveball! Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well that is probably the one angle they haven't used on the British yet. I will say. Oh, just sending just sending in like a very upbeat, <laughs> like you kill them with kindness. Why not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whatever it takes at this point, you know. Yeah, damn. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me, guys. It was a great time. Yeah. All right. Bye. Cool. Well, thank you all so much for listening. I've been Daniel Johansson. I continue to be Maureen Smith. If you want to keep up with what we are up to, there are so many ways you can do that. The first is to head to our website, scopymag.com. We post all of our articles and podcasts there. It's a good time. You can also find us on social media. Our Facebook page is Scopy Magazine. We also have a Facebook group called Sounding Board that we love and adore. It is the home for all things astrology and politics, so check it out. We're also on Instagram and Twitter and Tumblr under Scopy Mag. Also, you can find the podcast wherever you enjoy listening to it under Scopy Radio, those places being Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Radio Public, Google Play, etc. And if you want to support the work that we do, uh, you can head to scopymag.com slash subscribe. That's the most important place for you to head. That's where we, uh, where you can sign up for a subscription to receive every post we make directly to your inbox. You know, the social media feeds aren't super kind to our content, and we want to make sure that you get the information that you want first. You can also support us by heading over to our merch store that you can find on the website. Or if you are a business or a local entity that wants to advertise with us, you can reach out to us at scopymag at gmail.com. So, please, give a little, give a lot, and if you can't give, then listen, participate, and share. Cool. Thanks so much for listening. Go out and make something. Yep.